Hi everyone and welcome back to another installment of The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers, and today we are talking about section seven of that book. Section seven is titled, The Beginning of Another. It's a continuation of the previous section, which was titled, The End of One Chapter. So we have last section, the end of one chapter. Today we're picking it up, The Beginning of Another. So before we dive into this, I want to open, like we always do, with with prayer, with scripture. I'm going to be reading the scripture that closes the reflection, um, number 137, which we find in this section. That reflection is called Losing Momentum. And the scripture is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 32 through 36. Remember the days past, when after you had been enlightened, you endured a great contest of suffering. At times you were publicly exposed to abuse and affliction. At other times you associated yourselves with those so treated. You even joined in the sufferings of those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property, knowing that you had a better and lasting possession. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. It will have great recompense. You need endurance to do the will of God and receive what he has promised. My friends, today what I want to talk with you about is this idea of mission. Mission. What is mission? What does the church teach us about mission? What what does Christ tell us about mission? And in particular, what I want to talk about regarding mission is the crosses that go along with mission. The the perseverance that is required when you are when you set your sights on fulfilling your mission. So this just a little background on this section. This covers about six weeks of my life, kind of toward the end of 2014. At this time in my journey, I, I was beginning to understand for the first time that my mission, a big part of my mission, was to be a writer, was to, sh- was to write and was to share my writing with other people. And so this part of my journey, I'm coming to terms with that, coming to, just to accept that, that this is my mission. And, and working through these obstacles that were coming up along the way that were telling me, no, you can't do that. No, that's not your mission. Or no, you're not qualified to do that. Or trust me, there's a ton of temptations that come up along the way that want to make you stop. Um, but before we go talk any more about mission, I actually, I want to read with you two different reflections. I'm going to open up the podcast today with reflection number 133. This starts on page 236 of the book, and it's called Pierced Hearts. We all have crosses. Sure, some may be heavier than others, but we all have them. We have crosses that are unique to us, like physical or emotional illnesses, ailments, and diseases. We have crosses caused by our sin and the damaging effects of it, like broken relationships. We have crosses associated with our vocations, like the crosses that come with marriage, parenting, and the religious life. This is probably not a surprise to anyone. In fact, I think most of us are painfully aware that crosses are a part of every authentic Christian life. What is coming as a surprise to me, though, is which of my crosses are becoming the heaviest. I guess I always expected the unique crosses in my life and the crosses caused by the damaging effects of my sin to always carry the most weight. But I'm realizing this isn't actually the case. In fact, I'm realizing it's the crosses associated with what I'm now discovering is my vocation my vocation within my vocation, my call within my call, that are becoming the heaviest. Yes, these are the crosses that are dropping me to my knees the most. 
So I have to wonder why. Why is it that the thing we are created for, the thing we are here to do, the thing that brings us the most joy and deepest sense of purpose in life is the very thing that causes us the most hurt, pain, and sorrow? Why is it that the thing that makes our soul proclaim the greatness of the Lord is the very thing that pierces our heart? Why is it? Why? Could it be that pain hurts most in those areas in which we love most? Could it be that it takes pain to truly understand love? Could it be that love by definition comes with pain? I'm guessing yes. In fact, I'm guessing this is one of the reasons so many of us close ourselves off from love to begin with. Still, as much as it hurts to carry the cross that comes with love, I think it hurts more not to. So continue to carry it, I will. So let me give you a little insight into this reflection. I mentioned this was the, the time in my life where I was realizing my vocation as a writer, as a speaker. So I call that my vocation within my vocation, my call within my call. I'm kind of borrowing that phrase from Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, who had a vocation as in the religious life as a teaching sister and then felt this call within her to then go out and serve the poorest of the poor. Well, my, of course, vocation is as a wife. Um, and now in 2018, well last year this began in 2017 as a mother, this is my vocation. But I feel this call, this vocation within my vocation, this call within my call to be a writer and a speaker and to share this message with, to, to just share my story with other people. So what, so what am I talking about here, this, this idea of our hearts being pierced? I'm relating this to the Blessed Mother, of course, that in the moment of her um, of her conception when she's visiting Elizabeth and she's she's declaring her Magnificat she says my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord right she understands what a gift she has been blessed with to carry the, the, the Lord in her womb right to be the mother of redemption and yet later when she's presenting the Lord Jesus in the temple we have of course the prophecy of Simeon where he says the sword will pierce your heart but it's the same thing is it not so how can it be that this one thing, this one call in our life, this one vocation makes us praise God for the glory and goodness that all is, and yet we know it's going to be, in a sense, the death of us, right? Because what does a sword piercing our, what would a sword piercing our heart do? It would, I mean, it would kill us, right? Yes. So how can these two things go hand in hand? Well, this opening reflection that I just read you then just talks about that, how I'm starting to realize that, yes, we have a mission, and yes, we're all created for a purpose, and often this thing brings us the greatest joy in life and the greatest sense of fulfillment, but it's also the very thing that, I mean, for lack of better terms, is the death of us. Um, so this is that idea I want you to keep in mind as we talk about mission today, because mission is a very exciting thing, and it is awesome to know that God has created us for some very specific and some very unique purpose that only we can, we can fulfill, only we can do. You see, the thing that the church teaches us about mission is that I can't do what it is that you're here to do, and you can't do what it is I'm here to do. That our missions are so unique and so specific that they're not interchangeable, right? And that our gifts and our talents that the Lord has given us somehow tie into this mission that we are to fulfill, right? That, that somehow we're created for this purpose. And that these missions, be it as little or as big as they are, all have some unique purpose in God's plan of salvation, in God's plan of redemption, 
right? That we all have our part to play. You can read more about that in the very last reflection of this section. The, the reflection is called A Piece of the Puzzle, which kind of ties into that and talks a little bit about mission and, and how we all fit into the idea of mission. And I mentioned in that reflection a book called The Alchemist, which I really highly, highly recommend that you read. I've read it multiple times, and every time it speaks to me in a different way, but I, I just find it very inspiring. Um, but anyway, yes, this idea of mission, that we're all created for some purpose. But the reality of the situation is, is that once we discover this, this mission and, and we set our sights on fulfilling it, that's the easy part. <laughs> I mean, the easy part is discovering what it is you're here to do. The hard part is actually doing it, honestly, because it's filled with obstacles. It's filled with roadblocks. It's filled with resistance. It's filled with lies and it's filled with torments and it's filled with deceit. And it's filled with, you know what else? Good, honest people who aren't trying to keep you from fulfilling your mission, but who in a sense are trying to keep you from fulfilling your mission. You know, a lot of times when God sets us and creates us to do something, the world around us doesn't understand it, so to speak. And so we have to become people with, with a, a focus unlike any other focus that says, this is what I know I'm here to do. And though the world around me is telling me I'm crazy and this is nonsense and it doesn't make rational sense, I know this is what God is telling me to do. Okay, so this is this is my experience with it anyway. So in 2014, I'm beginning to grasp this idea, this call within my call that I'm supposed to to be a writer and a speaker, right? But I'm struggling with that because rationally, it makes no sense to me that this is what I'm here to do. And can I be honest with you? It's 2018 now. Rationally, it still makes no sense to me that this is what I'm here to do. Okay, I realize that I've published the book. I realize we're talking about this book I published. I realize I'm speaking to you now in this podcast. But rationally, this this idea of what I feel like the Lord has put me here to do doesn't make sense. And yet, there is this there is this desire in me to continue doing this that is unlike anything I've ever longed for or desired for in my whole life. And I, I don't say that with a faint heart because those of you that know my story know that I longed for and desired to have children for nearly a decade before the Lord gave us any children in our marriage. So I know what it's like to long for something and to desire something. And, and let me just give you a little insight into that on that same level. So my whole life, the only dreams and aspirations I had for myself were to be a mother. That's all I wanted to do. If you would have asked me as a young person, as a high school person, even as a postgraduate, a post-college graduate, what, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? That's the question. All I wanted to do was be a mom. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be a mom. And so as my husband and I are married in 2007, and as one year turns into two years, turns into five years, turns into seven years, turns into almost 10 years that we're without children in our marriage. And as practicing Catholics, we, we were following the guidelines of the Catholic Church. We were not in any way prohibiting children, okay? So, um, so anyway, you know, the, this, this thought begins to enter your mind of, of, well, maybe it's not God's will for us to have children. Um, it doesn't make rational sense anymore at this point that, that that we will have children and yet I had this belief in the deepest part of me that that I would be a mom I didn't know how it was all going to work out I didn't know when it was all going to work out but I believed I would and in 2017 December of 2017 I brought home we brought home my, my our first child a son 
And as I became this, right, this is my dream to just be a mother. This is my point with this. My dream is to just be a mom. So it finally comes true. I'm finally a mom. And I can remember driving in the car a few months before I, I gave birth to my son and telling my husband, I was in tears and telling my husband, isn't this awesome that in just a few months I just get to be a mom? No more of this riffraff. I just get to be a mom. Isn't this the best thing? I was just so excited and so overcome with joy. So my son gets here and these first few months of, of motherhood are a joy and a gift, absolutely. And you know what else? The hardest work I've ever done in my entire life. I mean, it, it is, it, to be a parent is like no other thing in the world. I'm convinced of that. And I'm only nine months into it. Um, but after about three, four, five months of just focusing on just being a mom and kind of putting this writing and this speaking thing on the back burner and, and just not really doing it at all anymore, I realized something. I realized this desire that I had to write and to speak, to share this message with others, didn't go away, even though I'm now a mother and this is the only thing I've ever wanted. In fact, it not only didn't go away, it grew so much stronger. <laughs> like the more I was away from it, the more I, I longed to get back in it. And it wasn't just this, this workaholic thing, I need to have something to do because we all need to have something to do. Uh, it was, it's so much deeper than that. And after probably it was about six months into this that I remember telling my husband that this desire to continue this, this mission of writing and to continue this mission of speaking hadn't gone away and in fact it was only growing stronger. And I knew that, yes, I'm here to be a mom, and yes, I'm here to be a wife, but that I'm also here to do this, and there has to be a way that all of this can coexist. And so that was just, that was my long story of telling you that when, when God does create us for a mission, for a purpose, that we can't just write it off. Like, it's deeper, it's bigger than us, it's deeper than us, it's like, it's like, I can't even explain it, except that you can't just ignore it. And if you do try to ignore it, then you'll, you find that you become a miserable person who's not happy with, what, with what's going on in your life, okay? And I will also say this, even in the pain that comes along with fulfilling your mission, even with the obstacles and the resistance and, and the torment and the temptations to quit and all of the stuff that come up when you're trying to fulfill your mission, there's still this sense of fulfillment that this is what I'm here to do and come hell or high water, this is what I'm going to do, type of a thing, okay? So remember that scripture that we opened up with. You need endurance to do the will of God and to receive what he has promised. Yes, all of this takes endurance, absolutely. So, we are already running out of time for today, but I want to read one other reflection that was in this section. This reflection begins on page 241. It's reflection number 137, and it's called Losing Momentum. When we start out on a race, it seems that the initial excitement, adrenaline, and passion we have is enough to carry us through the first part of the journey. When we are close to the finish line, when the finish line is in sight, it seems that we are filled with a rush to continue, so we find the strength we need to push through. What happens in the middle, though? What happens if we never continue long enough to see the finish line? Or worse yet, what happens if the race seems too difficult and we never even start to begin with? In my experience, what happens is emptiness. 
Emptiness that stems from an inner longing and desire for more. Emptiness that stems from settling for good enough when you know you were made for more than good enough. In my experience, what happens is disappointment, indifference, jealousy, and anger. In my experience, what happens is complete loss. Complete loss that leads to despair. It has become painfully clear to me over the course of the last several months that those of us who are serious about fulfilling our missions here on earth have to learn how to persevere. It has also become clear to me that there is really only one thing we need in order to do this. Love. Love, you see, has a way of taking rational logic to irrational places. It has a way of shattering the doubts of the mind and centering in on the hopes of the heart. It has a way of leading us, willingly even, to places we don't really want to go. It is therefore the only thing we really need to keep us moving forward because it is what gives us a reason to hope. Yes, it is what gives us a reason to proceed. So, if we want to fulfill our earthly missions, then we have to persevere in love. We have to learn how to let God work through us. We have to learn how to push through the resistance. We have to learn how to let our hearts take the lead. Persevering in love doesn't mean we have to become superheroes who never feel the pain of the fight. No, it doesn't mean we can't lose some momentum along the way. All it really means is that we can't quit. I'll say it again. All it really means is that we can't quit. Keep this in mind as you move forward in life, my friends, as you discover what this mission is that God has sent you on, and as you f work hard with everything in your being to fulfill it right? We just can't quit. There will be times that we struggle. There will be times that the weight of the cross seems heavier than we can stand. And guess what? There will be times that we fall under that weight. If Jesus fell carrying the cross, you can bet your butt that you're going to fall too. Okay? So don't, don't act like that's not an option. It is. But all we can't do is stop. We just have to keep getting up. We have to keep moving forward. Okay? I want to close then today with the prayer that closes this reflection. And this prayer also ends with a quote from one of my favorite saints, St. Teresa of Avila. So I'm gonna end with this prayer and with this quote from St. Teresa. And before I do, just know that you're in my prayers and I ask that you keep me in yours as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord, for the many examples of men and women who are persevering in love. Thank you for the challenges, resistance, and obstacles in my own life that are helping me learn how to trust less in myself and more in you. Bless us all as we continue our work for you. Fill us with resilience and courage. Fill us with hope and peace. May we proceed in a spirit of victory, knowing that with you on our side, we cannot lose. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I myself hold that the measure for being able to bear a large or small cross is love. That's St. Teresa of Avila from her work, The Way of Perfection.